Welcome to the Startup Smarter Podcast, the best audio show for people who are ready to turn their big ideas into big income. Each week, we explore effective business strategies, guest interviews, and success stories that will help transform the hard grind of starting a business into a smarter and more scalable experience. Here's your host, Joe Johnson. Hey, and welcome back to the Startup Smarter Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Johnson. And on today's podcast, we're going to be speaking with my friend, Andrew Weiss. We're going to take a deep dive into the power of public speaking and being a better communicator. Now, there's this misconception out there that in order to be an entrepreneur, you need to be some kind of outgoing extrovert all the time. Well, Andrew is here to show us that that is not the case. He's currently a full-time paid speaker and public speaking coach that does a lot of traveling. However, things weren't always this way. We're going to talk about his journey from being a quiet and shy kid to helping people become better leaders with powerful presentation skills. So if you have an important speech coming up, or even if you want to learn how to structure your presentation at work to land your next big raise, then this is the episode for you. This was a great episode with my friend, Andrew Weiss, and I hope you enjoy it. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Joe, happy to be here. Andrew, please tell the people what it is that you do. Yeah, so right now I'm uh, working for a nonprofit where I'm a traveling speaker, traveling around Oregon, where I teach business, entrepreneurship, and professional skills to high school students. And on the side, I also do public speaking coaching and give presentations to various companies and organizations that are constantly looking to improve their communication skills. So before you were a professional public speaker, what were you doing before you started teaching people how to become better communicators? Yeah, great question. So my passion for public speaking, I'd say... Definitely, it all came full circle. When I was actually a young kid, about 10 years old, my own dad and family gave me a book that said, Nobody Listens to Andrew. <laughs> and uh, it was a book about uh, literally a kid who's la-di-da, walking through the woods, and all of a sudden he comes across a giant bear. He's like, oh, dang it. So he runs back into the town, bear, bear, bear. But uh, everyone's like, Psh, there's no bear, whatever. And sure enough, a giant bear comes into town, everyone freaks out, they close their windows, they shut their doors, and at the end of the story, after the bear leaves town, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Andrew, we are so sorry to listen to you, we didn't listen to you, maybe next time. And so this kind of, I believe, had a subconscious effect on me you know, throughout my childhood and throughout my teens, thinking that my voice didn't matter, that what's the point of talking and presenting my opinion if no one's going to believe me anyway? And so I kind of did a lot of soul searching in high school and recovered back and got involved in some musicals to have some courage to sing and speak on stage. And then in college, it was really a big turning point. I joined a club called Toastmasters, which is a highly recommended public speaking club I recommend anyone to join, where they teach you how to properly give a presentation to people. And right from the beginning, I could tell it was something I enjoyed doing and something I was passionate about and I was actually pretty good at. And the first year I went out for the international public speaking competition through Toastmasters, I got second place out of two people. <laughs> and so that was uh, <laughs> definitely embarrassing. But And I was, I was supposed to go to the next round, but I was so disheartened going, geez, I'm not a good speaker. I, what's the point? I can't even beat another person at the public speaking contest. And fortunately, I had the courage to then try out again next year. And that's when I really nailed down my craft of figuring out how to become a better presenter and speaker and put more passion into my voice 
And that's when I got voted first place in all of Central and Southern Oregon at the age of 22. That's crazy. So at 22, you were like the master competition winner of a Toastmasters. That's correct. Yeah. Man, okay. So for the people out there that struggle with uh, giving presentations, what are some tips that you can give to them to say, okay, I would start here? Yeah, I have a lot of awesome advice for people who want to give better presentations and things I wish I had known earlier on. And one of the top things I like to tell people is, first of all, one of the reasons why people are afraid in the first place uh, of public speaking and why it is actually the number one fear in the world is that for thousands of, year, thousands of years, humans lived in tribes and groups. We needed other people to survive, to rely on each other for food and water and shelter and protection from predators. To survive, we had to fit in. And it's built into our DNA to think that whenever a bunch of people are watching us, we think we'll get kicked out of the tribe. And if we get kicked out of the tribe, we die. And so we literally have this innate feeling within us that whenever we're giving a presentation, we think we're not fitting in and we think we're going to die afterwards. And fortunately, we need to remind ourselves, hey, it's the 21st century now. You know, we can survive on our own that much more. We don't need other people's opinion to be the greatest of us all the time. And even if we do, quote unquote, mess up, do a mistake, say something embarrassing, we're probably going to afterwards, we're not going to die afterwards. And so (laughs) hopefully that will help people take a large, deep breath before they give a presentation, help them relax a little bit more. And another thing I like to tell people that I wish I had known earlier on is the importance of being conversational. You're not there to give a grand speech and talk about how impressive you are and how much, how great a speaker you are and everything you have to talk about. You're there to have a conversation with the audience and provide value to them. You want to make sure that you're not being robotic and relate to the audience, pretend like you're having a one-on-one conversation just like we are now, Joe. And you have that tone, whether you're talking to one person or a thousand people, when you have that conversational tone, people will want to hear from you more and listen to you on a better level and you can engage your audience better. That's a great piece of advice. So be conversational. So one of the things we talk about here on this podcast is how to grow an audience. Will learning how to become a better communicator truly make a difference on their journey of growing their business? 100%. That's actually one thing that I'm so happy I did Toastmasters in the first place is because what we don't always realize is that every time you're talking to someone, you're giving a presentation, you're, you're showing your brand, whether you realize it or not. And so after going through Toastmasters, I can now say I can walk into any room with a group of strangers. I can pitch an idea to investors. I can talk to my boss with more confidence. By having some presentation and skills underneath my belt, I now have that much more confidence to enter any situation that involves people whatsoever. And so I'm really glad I was able to learn public speaking skills because it allows me to have that aura, that confidence about me whenever I go into a room. I can give a toast to people at any time. I can start a cheers more often. And that's just something I wish people realize is that public speaking skills do apply to every setting, every time you're interacting with people, whether you want to confidently ask someone out on a date, whether you want to pitch an idea to investors, whether you want to convince your friends to go out and eat lunch with you at a certain place, we're presenting ourselves all the time. And the sooner we can all learn better public speaking and communication and presentation skills, the faster we'll be able to acquire what we want in life. All right, Andy. So you convinced me, okay, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. I should probably focus on becoming a better communicator. And I'm right there. What would you say to the person that realizes that becoming a better speaker is important, but they're saying, Andrew, that sounds like a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to them? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, no, of course it's hard work. And what I, what I remind people too is that there's this awesome thing called neuroplasticity, where essentially the brain is able to adapt to certain things that you want to learn. So if anyone has ever driven a car before, for example, I don't know about you, Joe, but the first time I got in a car, I'm like, oh, crap, what the heck am I doing right now? <laughs> and I was horrified and scared. I did not know where the brake pedal was, where the gas pedal was. I didn't know how to do a proper turn signal. And when I got in the car, my dad's like, all right, drive. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I remember just almost getting in a few wrecks in the freeway. It was so bad. I was so scared. It was terrible. And now whenever I drive in a car, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to do at what time. I have better awareness and reaction. I know and maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but sometimes I can drink water while I'm driving because I'm confident in my driving skills. And so neuroplasticity essentially is that the more you practice at something and attempt to get better at it, at it, the better you will get. And so the same applies to public speaking too. Yes, a lot of speakers out there start off being super shy, introverted, awkward, not able to come across as a great presenter and great speaker. But the more they practiced at it, the more they did it, their neuroplasticity helped them out and they got better and better as time went on. And I hope to all the listeners out there, they realize that that can happen with public speaking as well. You will develop your skill sets. You will get more confidence with it. You will, will become better with it. And the sooner you start practicing and implementing and attempting to get better each time, the better. And another example of that is you know, Michael Jordan. He would go to the gym and shoot 10,000 shots each day. And he wouldn't just do hook shots and granny shots and throw it over his head. He'd see how can he get better with each shot that he shot. And then from there, he became one of the greatest basketball players of all time with deliberate practice. And the same can apply to public speaking as well. That's great advice. You have to start somewhere, but if you keep at it, you keep practicing, you'll get better over time. Can you share with us a story of how a person that you work with has achieved a new level of success either in their work life or in their personal life after working with you and learning how to communicate better? Yeah, so I was actually invited to speak at the... TAO, Technology Association of Oregon Conference, uh, Ignite Health Conference. And the reason I was invited to coach their, their speakers after people hear about, heard about my public speaking coaching skills. And for those who are unfamiliar with Ignite, basically people give, I think it's about uh, two to five minute pitches on a topic that um, is related to the category. So this category was health. And they said, okay, Andrew, you're in charge of coaching about 12 to 15 speakers about how to talk about a topic of health for two to five minutes. And when I went, there, went up there, one of the things I told them, I said, hey, a lot of you in this room aren't very passionate about what you're talking about. You're not showing any enthusiasm into it. And going back to my first example, a lot of you thinking, are thinking you have to impress the audience. But what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the time, if you remember that thought that the audience wants to see you succeed – and an analogy for that is that if you're talking to a group of kids, there's a good chance that they look up to you, they adore you, they love you, they appreciate everything you have to say. And if you're talking to audience members like they're a group of kids who want to see you succeed, that should hopefully help you relax a little bit better. And when you put passion and enthusiasm into your presentations, passion and enthusiasm are very contagious. So the more of that you can put into your presentations, the better you'll come across and the more people will want to listen to you and hear what you have to say. And so by coaching these speakers right away on how to put more passion into their presentation, how to help them feel more relaxed before they give that speech, you know, they all ended up killing their presentations. I got a lot of compliments from both the speakers and the audience members saying, wow, Andrew, this is, that was great advice. Thank you so much for doing that. We saw a huge improvement just from the few minutes you spent with those speakers. 
And that's definitely one of my prouder moments of being able to coach these high-profile experts on their health topics about how to become better speakers and then receive lots of compliments from them and the audience members. That's a great story and, and great work on your part. So you have to help me dispel a, a myth over here. So is it true that most public speakers are extroverts? How, how true is that? Oh, boy. So I think that goes back to it's also a topic of leadership as well, actually. You know, it's a, it's a, I'd say it's a big myth that people are born leaders. They're, oh, yeah, they're born to be great. They're born to lead others. But leadership and public speaking are both learned topics. They're both learned skill sets. And so whether you're an extrovert or introvert, you can still have great public speaking skills. And with enough practice, then you can become a great presenter as well, no matter how introverted you are. Um, One of my friends, she actually said that um, she had a a stutter growing up, and she even was born cross-eyed. And she had to learn how to be able to overcome her, her stutter, overcome her introversion, how to use various eye techniques and exercises to make sure that her eyes could properly align again. And so she is the definition of the person who should not be giving a public presentation. And now she's a journalist broadcaster on TV every day, broadcasting the news, giving her presentations about what the news is for the day. Wow. And Yeah. And, and so when people say that, oh, I can't be a public speaker because I'm introverted, I mean, that, I'd, I'd say that's definitely oh, saying, oh, I guess I can't do anything because of something that um, isn't my fault, even though it is definitely, once again, a learned skill that anyone can achieve and acquire whether you're extroverted, introverted, or ambiverted, I strongly believe that with enough practice and coaching and work at it, anyone can become a great speaker no matter what their extroversion background is. And that's really inspirational. She's over here cross-sided with a stutter, and she's over here doing like live broadcasts. Meanwhile, if you try to convince me to do a Facebook Live, I freeze up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. If she can do it, why can't you? Good challenge. Good challenge. So, And you've already given us a lot of practical tips, but it can't be that easy to be a better speaker. So let's say I had to give a presentation five months from now. Isn't the correct approach to just forget about it for four months, practice like crazy up until the speech and pray for the best and just wing it, right? (laughs) Yeah, not not quite. I mean, it's definitely interesting in our society that we don't really recognize all the work, all the practice that goes into the final performance. You know, when we see athletes perform on the basketball, that they are just born with their natural talents. We don't watch them in their hours and hours of practice. When we see singers sing on stage, we assume that they don't warm up. We assume they don't practice. We assume they don't have voice coaching. When we see public speakers give a presentation, we think that they woke up one morning and saying, oh, I'm going to give a presentation for an hour and a half today and wow my audience and inspire them and give them useful advice and they're going to love it. Um, <laughs> so as a summary, of course you need to practice at your craft. Of course you need to prepare, prepare, prepare. I think was it was someone who said if you fail to prepare, you're, you're preparing to fail. What you want to do, I'd say, is work backwards. Whenever, you give it, whenever you're asked to give a presentation, you want to ask yourself, what do I want the end result to be? What do I want my audience to walk away with? Do they need to do a certain action step? Do they need to know something about myself? Do they need to buy my product or agree to go out with me on that date? And then once you know the end result, work backwards saying, okay, what are some ways that I can help inspire them, encourage them, be vulnerable with them, be conversational with them, want to help them out? How can I practice and record myself? That's definitely another thing that I highly recommend everyone doing before they give a presentation is please, please, please record yourself so that you can get that third-party perspective on you saying, oh, I guess I started in that part of that speech. I used what I meant to. 
And when you watch yourself give presentations and speak, you can notice how, what you can improve on from a different angle and different in a different perspective. And you just immediately, like, like I said, go back to the Michael Jordan example, keep getting better every chance you get. Keep practicing, tracking your progress, reviewing yourself. And the more you practice, of course, the higher chance you have of giving a great presentation and impressing your audience members. Yeah, I feel bad for those people who think they can just get up one morning and wing it. I mean, yes, you could technically wing it, but if you want to be at the top of your game, if you want to seeing how great a presentation you could actually give with enough practice, I highly recommend preparing as much as possible and getting better with each practice run as well. And that's a great tip. Think about the end result first and then work backwards and then begin practicing. Great advice. So as an award-winning speaker, what do you feel are some of the biggest hurdles that people have when it comes to public speaking? Yeah, so the biggest hurdles I believe people have when it comes to public speaking are they are too concerned about how they come across to others rather than being there to provide value and provide service to, for others. Oh no, if I don't sound like this and don't act like this, I'm not going to be liked or they're not going to want to listen to me or hear me. But really, you, sh- you should be there to be there for the audience, to help out the audience and provide value to them. Who cares if you're a 10-year-old giving presentations to 30-year-old CEOs? If you got brought in for that presentation, you should make that presentation all about those 30-year-old CEOs rather than trying to prove you're meant to be there. And this does happen from time to time where younger, quote-unquote, less experienced people will give presentations to, quote-unquote, more experienced people, and they think too much about it. There's, uh, in fact, a thing called imposter syndrome, where essentially people who are really successful believe that they're not, they don't deserve to be there for whatever reason. They think that they got super lucky, they're not worthy, someone else deserves that spot. But we need to remember and remind ourselves that, yes, we are meant to be here. This is meant to happen. I am meant to give this presentation. I do know I can provide value to these people. And we all have different, our own stories, too, our own perspectives that might help someone. Another thing I like, I get inspired by, too, is um, yeah, there's a book called Reeling There and about a guy named Farrah Gray, who was a millionaire by the time he was 15 years old. And one of the things he mentioned is that, you know, no matter how big of an audience you're talking to, and if you're, even if you're talking to an audience of 10,000 people and you're only able to impact one person in that audience, that's still one other person you're positively impacting and that you're able to have fulfillment in your life that you're helping someone else in that capacity. And so just to summarize again, I think the biggest hurdle is that people make it too much about themselves rather than focusing on how can they help out the audience, provide value to the audience and not be too concerned with how they sound or what they have to say. And yeah, they can overcome that hurdle of understanding it's about the audience, not about them. And that's a million dollar tip right there. Give the best value you can possibly give, and then you'll do well, as opposed to thinking like, what do people think about what I look like, what I sound like, just show up and give great value. 100%, exactly. Now let's flip that question around. Can you tell us about a time where you had to overcome any obstacles or roadblocks as you were creating your business? Oh boy, yes, I've had lots of obstacles and roadblocks. And one of the things that uh, I've worked on overcoming is the procrastination factor because we know what as humans too, we we naturally fear failure. We don't want to deal with rejection. And so one of the things that um, you know we're constantly overcoming all the time is like how can I keep creating content, putting myself out there, letting people know that I am a coach, I am a presenter, pitching my keynote address, pitching my coaching services to people. Um, rather than just reading about how to do it all the time. And there's a great quote by Steve Chandler, um, who's also a great coach, and he mentions how there's a difference between how to and want to. And with the how to, well, people ask others, oh, how do I make money off from coaching? How do I make money off of speaking? How do I do this? How do I do this? But in reality, they're not asking themselves, do they want to badly enough? 
you know, if someone dollars to go out and find a client that would pay you to coach them, there's a very high chance you'll put a lot more creativity and effort into immediately finding a coach or immediately finding a client that will pay you to coach them as quickly as possible. Whereas if we kind of stay in our own little bubbles and holes and saying, geez, I hope I can become a one day, hope I can become a speaker one day, rather than actually getting out and doing it, implementing, putting actions, getting better each try, reading more and implementing more, then you're really going to fall behind if you don't think about the importance of constantly taking action and strategizing accordingly. And obviously you shouldn't just be doing shots in the dark, but you should trust yourself to have that intuitive action to keep going after it again and again and again. And just like riding a bike, yeah, it might be very difficult the first time, first 10 times, might not feel like you're riding anything yet. And then one day it might just all click and come together and you'll be running a multi-thousand, multi-million dollar empire by really getting out there and, and doing it and not being afraid of rejection and failure. So that's definitely something I've dealt with early on my, in my business is just having the courage to actually get out there, pitch myself, let people know that I'm here to provide services, that I have learned a lot over my career and I'm ready to help others with what I've learned. And just continuing to remind myself the importance of getting back after it and going after it again and again. All right. So it looks like you built quite the business for yourself over these last few years. One question we ask all of the guests on this show is if you had to start over from the very beginning, from day one, what would be your number one smart tip for launching a successful business? Well, there's a great quote by Abraham Lincoln I love where he says, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend four hours of that sharpening my axe. And that goes back to the, the sense that you, you really want to make sure you have strategy behind your, your actions and really plot out, okay, what's the best way I can be effective? And then once you have the strategy down, actually put in the action. Don't just write and think about it and strategize the whole time. You've got to be in the field, putting in action, doing trial and error as quickly as possible and learning and growing and not being afraid of being rejected and failing and keep moving, pushing forward all the time, consulting with coaches and mentors. There's another thing I like to do to people is that find someone who has a lifestyle or a career that you want to be in and then get in front of them. Ask them an informational interview like we're doing a podcast right now. Ask them what they appreciate about their career, how they got into it, what they don't like, what they do like, what advice they would have. And when you find someone who's in a career that you want to get into, they're not going to shut you down. They're not going to say you can't do it. They're not going to say you're not smart enough or talented enough. They're going to say, well, this is what worked for me. Maybe it'll work, it'll work for you too. And that can help encourage you to help get to where you want to go and move at a much faster rate. Great, great advice. Again, Andrew, thanks for coming on the show and sharing what you know. Where can people go to find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, so you can definitely follow me on Twitter, the Andrew J. Weiss, or check me out on my website, which is weisswisdom.com, or feel free to send me an email, uh, weisswisdom at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to put all those links in our show notes over at our website, startupsmarter.net forward slash podcast. All right, Andrew, again, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Andrew Weiss from weisswisdom.com. He's an expert on public speaking and training others on how to become better communicators. And we kind of jumped all over the place in this interview, touching on how to use communication in your business, your personal life, how to grow your brand and in the workplace. But some of my biggest takeaways from this episode is that simply the better communicator you become, the more opportunities come your way. And by taking the time to learn fundamental speaking skills will give you the confidence you need to spread your message and grow your audience. And the second big takeaway that I had was to set your intention accordingly. 
Going back to what Andrew said about the goal being to chop down a tree, your first action shouldn't be to start hacking away. You wanna make sure that you plan and plot out how can you effectively achieve your goal in the shortest amount of time possible? And the last big takeaway that I had was that there's a big difference between how to and want to. A lot of people out there are in the stage of how do I get more customers or how do I make more money at my current job? When the focus should be on do you want to bad enough? When you place your desire at the end and make it your goal, it becomes a much easier journey to achieve your biggest wants because those who want it badly enough will seek out community, coaches, experts, essentially guides that can help you reap the benefits of a long-term gain. Also, Andrew has some really great tools and videos over on his website. So if you wanna go check those out, I'll link them up in the show notes and you can check out all those links by heading over to startupsmarter.net forward slash podcast and looking for episode 007. And before you leave, I wanted to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast leave a rating and a review for the Startup Smarter podcast. I love reading your feedback in your reviews because it helps make the show better for everyone. And lastly, don't forget to join the other Startup Smarter podcast listeners over at our official Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash startupsmarter.net. There we'll be sharing fun behind the scenes content, answering questions from the community and helping you start your next big business idea. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode number seven of the Startup Smarter podcast. This is Joe Johnson signing off, and I'll see you in the next episode.